Hey, this is Adam, your host here at the Wabi Sabi Podcast, a show that ponders about life through the lens of imperfection and impermanence. Just a quick reminder to let listeners know that this show covers a wide range of topics from one interview to the next, uh, whether it's music to technology or humanism, work, food, family, money, and a lot more. Uh, and one more thing, uh, you'll be hearing sounds that pertain to Gong Fucha, aka the ritualized Chinese method of tea preparation marked by time, effort, and reverence. Today I had my first caller interview in Brooklyn with Joseph Cohen, founder of Universe, which is an iOS app bringing the joy of building, hosting, launching, and updating a website all to your iPhone or iPad. Um, we spoke about technology, tea, ikebana, which is the uh, Japanese art of floral design, and the virtues of self-awareness. I've personally been on Universe for almost two years, and it's absolutely fucking brilliant, thoughtful, and powerful. I highly encourage that listeners who are inspired uh, Upon our discussion, head to the App Store and explore what it has to offer. Uh, I'm not an ambassador um, for Universe, nor is this a paid sponsorship. I'm just a personal fan of people utilizing technology that's insightful, that inspires mindful play and and uh, authentic self-expression. Oh, and please take a moment to leave a review for the show if you're feeling it. Thanks. So you're my first long distance, uh, like phone call, uh, interview, which is really cool for me. Um, unfortunately I wish we could be having tea together, <laughs> but uh, there's always next time. <laughs> I've been getting, um, I mean, I feel like I'm an amateur, but I've been getting a bit more into tea. I was recently in, uh, over, over Christmas, I was in El Paso and in Texas and I went to a grocery store there. It was like a Mexican grocery store and they had, I, I drink a lot of non-caffeinated tea because mm -hmm. I drink it later in the day. Yeah. And, um, and they had, uh, like this beautiful chamomile, like with the flowers and everything. And, uh, I was buying these little packages and then I saw that they had like a a, like a several pound bag. <laughs> um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy this. It was like $8 for this giant bag. Um, and it's just incredible. Like a two pound bag of chamomile. Yeah. It's like a two pound bag of, of, of dried daisies. And I brought it on the plane. It was uh, kind of funny. Yay. Contraband is the best on a plane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So you, you, you say you predominantly drink like herbal tea. Or something yes. that's herbal. I, uh, I, yeah, I, 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 I like drinking. So I'm a big coffee person. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, tea though for me is what I drink when I don't want to be caffeinated. Um, right. so, uh, so yeah, I, 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 uh, I go to chamomile, peppermint, but I find that there's something really nice uh, about good chamomile. Sure. I mean, not even to speak of the flavor alone, but just how it affects you, you know? Right. It's good for uh, unwinding. 
helps you helps you get to bed and stuff like that. Exactly. So, yeah, I was really interested to speak with you, even in this container, because of how I, I mean, a I personally feel empowered and impacted by the tool that you've put out into the world. Would you even call it a tool really? Yeah. I mean, I think universe is definitely a tool. It's also a place. Uh, it's also an idea. Um, it's all of that. Yeah. It's starting to feel a lot more like a place, which is exciting. Yeah. It's, um, you know, for us, we, the internet is busy right now. There's a lot that's inundating us. Um, we're not actively looking for new places. We think there should be some new places that are more inspired and more well-designed and reflect our own interests. And so we think there's a really exciting opportunity to, to craft an environment like that. Um, but we think the way that you get started is by providing value as a tool um, and, and then, and then as people use that tool, you're like, oh, well, actually there's a bunch of really interesting people here doing some pretty amazing things and we should interact with each other and hang out here. That's a good way of putting that. I feel like, I mean, having now been somewhat of a, almost like a legacy user, mm-hmm. um, the way I introduce it to people and see them go through the onboarding experience, which I personally think is a pretty brilliant handholding uh, experience and how you, 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 yeah, you just put it so well. It goes from you're offering this sort of subjective tool for people to use, but then as they begin to use it, it could instantly blossom into some, yeah, like objectively, empowered and creative place that people are sharing. Yeah. I mean, I think in general, our design philosophy is built around the idea of like progressive reveal. So, um, we, you know, we, we have ambitions, we have a lot of ideas, but for a new, a new creator, a new user who encounters our product and us for the first time, there's only so much bandwidth that we have to communicate. So we can't overwhelm. We need to communicate one thing at a time. And this is a story that if we do our jobs well and we keep you engaged, we can tell over time. So we don't need to say it all up front. And by doing that, we can tell a much more nuanced and uh, engaging story. Yeah. And Universe is, is both for iOS and Android, correct? No, it's actually just iOS. Just uh, iOS. Okay. The sites can be viewed. Yeah, the sites can be anywhere. viewed anywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you guys thinking or trying to put out an Android version? Um, we will probably do an Android version. We're not going to do one soon. And that's because yeah. you know, we really believe in focus and, you know, we're a nine person team. Uh, so we're quite small uh, and we're able to carry a punch. Uh, we're, we're able to punch above our weight. Um, for that size, mainly because we're able to focus. Um, so for example, one of the things you probably know is like we update the app pretty much every week. Mm -hmm. Um, and we update our app much more frequently than most app developers. 
And that's because, first of all, we work hard and we work smart, but it's also because we scope things well, right? And we only have to update one app. If we had two apps to update, it might take double as long. Right. Exactly. That's a good way of putting that too. Mm-hmm. You don't really think about those things like on the, on the uh, sort of on the consumption end, you know, of using a product. Definitely. Of how many plates you could, that, you know, the, uh, the developer or the team could be balancing at any one point. Yeah. It's just that, um, especially with a product like ours, which is so broad in its mandate, uh, it's very easy to get lost, um, in, in the work by taking on too much, right? And, and you could end up doing a pretty poor job if, if you're not good at choosing what to focus on. And this has become a bit of a cliche around how important focus is. But what I found, for, for example, you know, we have, we would love to do um, a commerce, a, a comprehensive commerce solution that, that we create on our own um, that is designed for mobile. Uh, but that is something that we just don't have the resources to do well right now. And should we take that on, maybe we could do a good job at that, but everything else that we do is going to be neglected. So the reality is that, uh, like any individual companies have limited, they can only do so many things really well. And, you know, we want to do what we do extraordinarily well. We want to do it better than anyone else. Um, and to do that, it's, it's about scoping and prioritizing and, um, fixing our gaze on something that is, uh, that, that, that we are set up for success with. Yeah. It's really fascinating, you know, for someone like, uh, in, with my background, cause I'm not particularly, <clears throat> particularly tech oriented, uh, in terms of understanding or sort of, you know, grasping the, the power of, of, uh, creation, you know, uh, in terms of like developing or programming, you know, I have a design background and I'm mostly an autodidact, um, you know, designer or, and, or artist, but using universe over the last almost two years now, I feel like it's been at least a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it, it, it sits, um, in this lineage of apps that I've used for the last, I'd say six years, maybe five, six years, um, that are like unbelievably inspiring and have such an intuitive UI that you, yeah, it kind of goes to that kind of cliche thing of, you know, uh, I don't know whoever who said the quote, but something along the lines of like, you know, brilliant design is like invisible. You don't even notice that it's been designed as such. And totally. I mean, you guys really, you guys really take the cake in my opinion. I mean, not to really, <laughs> not to fan a lot of <laughs> A lot to fan you guys. I mean, you guys have, I don't know. That's another thing is like, as, as a personal fan, it's like, do you guys get a lot of admiration or like, how do you guys, how do you feel that kind of stuff? Well, first off, thanks. That means a lot to me um, and to us. We, 
inject a lot of soul into what we build. Um, and I'm convinced that that comes through, um, you know, and, 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 and we, we have a product that, uh, that we do have, you know, our, we don't just have users. We don't just have creators or customers. We have fans, which is awesome. And that's, that's like the, the biggest testament to quality work, right? Like quality work attracts fans. So, and, and that kind of admiration. So, I mean, we are so thankful for that. Um, it's, it's really feedback for us on, on how we're doing. And if we're finding that we're not getting there, that we should probably be doing something differently. But fortunately we've been, you know, we've gotten a lot of great reception and, and we do have a pretty engaged uh, and in some ways, like, you know, really passionate, um, user and customer base, uh, a couple of things though, like you know, the reason why, so for those that don't know what universe is, universe is a way to create a website from your iPhone. Um, and we have designed the easiest and simplest way to do that, uh, to get your own domain, etc. But we also have designed the most open-ended and flexible way to do that. So if you use a tool like Squarespace or Wix, these are based on rigid template systems. And so yeah. if you want to make you want to make something with it that you have in your imagination, but that doesn't match up with the template, you can't. But with Universe, because of the way it works, you're working with a grid system. So it's a very simple, easy to use grid. And on that grid sit blocks. And a block is anything that you want to put on your website, whether it's a product that you want to sell or a piece of media or some text or a link. And you can move those blocks around like Lego. And it works as you'd expect it to work. And um, the reason why I started the company was because you know, I don't write code on a daily basis. It's not how I think. I'm a much more visual thinker. And it occurred to me that uh, most people are, are like that. And that increasingly, we're all online. So the, there isn't this dichotomy between like computer geek and regular person. We're all on the internet. And uh, we should have tools that allow people who are visual thinkers or that just don't think in code to be expressive in the way that code is, right? So like code is not template-based. It's not, you don't right. start with a template. It, it, you, you're starting from scratch basically. And that allows for a really creative environment. But the problem with code is that it's esoteric and it's hard to learn and it's very abstract. You have to keep a lot in your head. And for most of us, myself included, it's not how we think and it's not how we like to think. And so my question was, could we design a system that had the expressiveness of something like code that really allowed for creativity, but use a different interface to, to, to manifest that. And, and we think that we, um, with the grid have, have done that. Yeah, I think it's fucking brilliant, honestly. And, and anyone I, uh, describe it to, and then eventually get them to, you know, download and, and sort of, walk through it or sort of dive in head first. Um, their, you know, their jaws basically drop, you know, left and right. And, um, to go back just a minute and, and to describe, you know, some of the apps that I 
was initially like really inspired by many years ago, which actually led me down the sort of rabbit hole of user experience and, and all that, um, was a suite of apps by a company called Pixite. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Mm, yeah. Um, they're based here in California and they make uh, a lot of um, like digital art apps. And there's a whole like ecosystem of these apps. You know, some of them are more like sort of passive uh, filter based. Others are more like um, utilizing, you know, 3D objects. Um, and as an ecosystem, uh, it inspired the hell out of me many years ago to to call myself uh, a basically like a digital artist that's only using iOS or these apps within iOS to, you know, express myself. And um, so within that mind frame, um, coming across universe, like kind of in reinvigorated um, all those places for me, you know, with, with how I was, you know, utilizing those apps and, and even thinking about how I use it today on a day-to-day basis, you know, in, in one sense, it's interesting to think about how I use obviously like productivity apps versus social apps versus other apps. Right. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, maybe it's just me and my, the way that I exist in the world or how I'm, uh, going about trying to manage my time, not just as a freelancer, but also as a parent to a three-year-old, um, universe strikes this balance for me where I can think about something I want to update or add. And the way I keep going back to the app is, is almost like, um, like Ikebana, like that, you know, the Japanese art of like floral design where it's like, Mm -hmm. I love thinking that my, the way I express myself in universe is imperfect. Mm -hmm. I love that. I always, always want to go back and either change something because I'm feeling moody or I want to add a photo or add a story or Mm -hmm. now I'm adding, you know, this podcast and, and patching that through the whole thing and creating my own sort of mini ecosystem within it. But I don't sort of obsess over it. Like I like, like the way I would sort of surf through, let's say Instagram or something Mm -hmm. if I'm looking for inspiration or looking for, um, I don't know, whatever the, whatever the weird subconscious, you know, Alice in Wonderland wormholes you go through when you, when you sort of lose time with an Instagram, but yeah, yeah, I go ahead. I'm just, I just feel like I'm, it's funny. I'm like trying to, on the one hand, I'm trying to be really respectful of time and I didn't have like a sort of a set of questions uh, going into this call. I really wanted to, on the one hand, talk about the product and, and hear you, you know, sing its praises and, and really speak to, you know, how it's used and why it exists. And I'd love to ask more questions about it, but I, I kind of want to go in this, this direction of the way that I, I feel like I, you know, having not spoken to you before, but speaking to you now and feeling like there's a way in which I, I feel like I relate to you visually 
mm. and kind of like a, you know, where minimalism meets, um, you know, symmetry or asymmetry. I feel like visually I kind of, I relate to you mm -hmm. in many senses. And I'm, I'm curious, um, where's your background with that? Do you have a visual design background? Yeah. I mean, so first off, by the way, I love this Ikebana. I, I wasn't familiar with this idea. Um, okay. <laughs> but this approach of like, you know, making a thing better and working on a thing over time, evolving that thing, that's like a core idea of ours and of mine. Um, and I think, you know, we're doing that to ourselves constantly, right? We're constantly you know, refining and iterating and evolving who we are as we experience life. And the, our pre, we believe that our presence on the internet should reflect that and that it should allow us to, to be imperfect in different ways um, on different days. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and so, yeah, and we feel like the internet right now, especially with Instagram, which is great in certain ways, it doesn't really allow for that kind of freedom and flexibility. Um, so that's very much a part of uh, our philosophy. Um, and then to your, your question about uh, visual design and things like that, I've always, it's always been an inclination of mine um, mm -hmm. about aesthetics and space and communication and design more broadly. Um, I actually went to school for, I went to um, the University of Pennsylvania for, um, for business at, at Wharton. Uh, but while I was there, I realized that um, I didn't love most of the business classes, um, but that I, I liked a lot of the design classes. Uh, and so I started taking classes on typography and graphic design and uh, web design, things like that, and, and just loved I love that and love using that part of my brain, um, th thinking about space, thinking about how you can manipulate space to accomplish goals. Um, and the, and the universe interface, which is based on a grid is really rooted in, in my sort of graphic design background. Um, because, you know, basically the challenge was how do we make something that is open-ended that you can really make anything with, but that at the same time, is accessible and, and not intimidating. Because if, if you were to go use something like Illustrator for the first time as a non-designer, uh, Adobe Illustrator, it's very intimidating because you can choose anywhere on a canvas. Even as a designer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, and so, you know, what we often do as designers is whenever we're working on some new project, we'll impose a grid on that space and that's a process that actually all kinds of designers do, They're not just graphic, but like an architect does a similar thing. When they're working on a new building, they don't start from nothing. They impose a grid, some framework in which they can think about what they're building. And so they, they don't have to decide amongst a million or millions of different possibilities, but they've they've reduced the decision space. So they're choosing this and not that as opposed to this among a million different other options. And, and in doing that, and basically, you know, one way of thinking about it is that, you know, your phone, your phone screen is made up of millions of pixels that are arranged right. in a grid. And so that is a grid. It's just such a fine grid that we can't see the grid with our naked eye. 
But right. what we've in effect done is we've supersized the grid. We've, we've, we've actually lowered the resolution of the grid uh, by several orders of magnitude such that, you know, it's three columns by six rows. Um, and, and in doing that, you're, you're making it very easy to get started and make a decision. Um, yeah. So that's, that's a little bit about me and how I think about this. That's this kind of stuff. I mean, I, uh, yeah, my passion is in design and in thinking about how you can really solving. I mean, what I really like to think about is um, how can we take very powerful ideas uh, that are inaccessible to most people and make them accessible in a fun way that doesn't feel like work? Yeah. Is there any way in which you, you know, I guess going into your second or third year with Universe? Mm-hmm. It's just about is two there, years, yeah. Just about two years. Is there any... Um, sort of not insight, but is there any kind of like a, a new mission um, that you're taking on as you move forward? I would say that we, the mission is the same as it's been from the beginning, which is to empower everybody to build the internet. Um, but it's valid. What we have learned in the past two years has validated our original, our original thesis, which is that if you build empowering tools, what people create with it and who creates with it will be different. And they'll build things that are inspiring and surprising in ways that you couldn't have predicted. And that has manifested itself in an incredibly inspiring way. So like this conversation, for example, and you and what you do with your site and what you do with your craft and your story about you know, finding uh, power through these tools on iOS devices that was like a hunch that we had and it's borne out in reality, which is incredibly cool. Another example, uh, you know, a site that I came across today, it's fearthefunk.net. It's an 18-year-old <laughs> uh, musician in uh, Chicago, I believe. And he is so talented, this guy. He makes music, he makes clothing, he makes paintings. And his site, he doesn't even have a, a, a proper computer. He's just using his phone, uh, like an iPhone 6. And his site uh, is a place for him to show his work, but also s start a business. And I, I never could have imagined uh, that what he has created, but also his profile, it's a new generation of people. And, you know, I would say if there's anything, uh, we've we've sort of... We've, we've gained conviction in that hunch, but um, there is a new internet being built and it's incredibly exciting. It's built by every kind of person with every kind of creative interest that breaks all of the assumptions that we've had about who can do this stuff. And that's, mm -hmm. a, that's a weirder, it's a more interesting, it's a more powerful internet. And you know, we wanna catalyze that. We wanna usher in a new web that you know is that is that reflects the diversity of of the people who who build it. Yeah, well said. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and what's coming down the pipeline? Like, how do you guys map out like a month or a year? Yeah. So we actually, like unusually, we don't, we have general directions. We don't plan out 
a year's worth of work. We don't plan out six months worth of work. You don't even plan out three months of worth of work. We work in very tight uh, loops. And so we, we basically work in one week sprints. Um, cool. And uh, there are directional things though that I'll, I'll put on our radar. Um, so one is, you know, expanding the network uh, and what you can do uh, by interacting with other creators and allowing perhaps people who haven't used Universe to follow you um, on Universe. That's an area that's very interesting to us. Uh, so expanding what it means for Universe to be a place um, and fleshing that out. Another area is, is as we think of, um, you know, we have a cool feature on Universe. It's called Timeline. Uh, and it allows you to add new pages to your site. And those pages become swipeable pages that are accessible from your homepage. So if I go to imagesoft.xyz, I can swipe. And most websites don't swipe. Um, so that's a really cool format. And we have a lot more in store uh, in that direction, um, allowing you to do more things with with that concept. Um, so that's sort of our first pass on it, but we're going to, we're going to do more things in that vein. That's great. Which by the way, I mean, the whole timeline feature, treating it like a, like a zine. If yeah, you will, exactly. It's, it's amazing. Um, so I really appreciate that too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a kind of a new idea. It's like most people, when they think of making a website, that's not what they're envisioning. So, so there is a little bit of a hurdle to communicate that. Uh, but once you start using, it, you're like, wow, this is, this is really interesting. Yeah. So with our last minute or two, I, I want to ask you more of a left field question, which yeah. is, um, again, an assumption based on how I perceive you visually and, and the ways I feel like I relate to you. Mm -hmm. Do you have personally like, a so a, a way that you balance, you know, all the work that you're doing and then like, how do you decompress or do you have any kind of like mindfulness uh, or meditative practice that you personally have, right? Like an ethos. And if that also um, distills to the team itself. Definitely. Great question. So I do have a meditation practice and I have been thinking about mindfulness as a main uh, as a, as a main, a main area uh, of, of intent, uh, for the past five years, I've been meditating daily. Um, I started out, uh, doing a 10 minute mindfulness, Vipassana meditation. Um, and then now I do about 20 minutes a day. It's the first thing I do when I wake up. Um, and it is critical for me in staying, I would say centered and balanced. Um, you know, as you build a company, it can be a pretty, uh, extreme experience and my mindfulness practice has allowed me to uh, remain centered uh, despite that. But I would say beyond that, it's allowed me to be stronger and really to, uh, when things have gotten difficult, um, remain standing uh, and, and, and to lean in actually. I was a little concerned when I started, I started meditating about five years ago, because I was having some trouble. I was, uh, I was coming off of an experience and that was really uh, hanging me up. And um, my therapist actually introduced me to Vipassana. Um, and it was so hard. It was so hard to do for me. I just 10 minutes sitting still was really difficult. Um, but I stuck with it and it's gotten much 
it's gotten much easier. It's also become something I look forward to doing. Um, it's funny. I, uh, on Monday, I, I, I felt like I, I wanted to keep going after my, my bell rang that was at the 20 minute mark. And I just kept meditating and, uh, I thought I'd meditated for an extra like five or 10 minutes. And I looked at the total count and I meditated for almost an hour. It was, like, it was a crazy, crazy experience. Um, but the other thing that I've learned from meditation and mindfulness in general is like you know, mindfulness has become a bit of a cliche now, but sure. what it means for me is building an awareness of my mind, uh, which, which is very obvious. It's what the word says, but that in practice is so cool and so valuable, right? Like w- the, the process of meditating is one in which you're observing how your mind works and, um, and what its patterns are and and what its quirks are and having an understanding of, of how your, your brain does work in that way is so liberating because in the day to day, you see where it's going and you know, when it's going somewhere that's not productive or that's not helpful and you know, when it's doing things that are actually really good and it gives you, um, it gives you a, a, a level of, of control over that, um, where you're not subject to its idiosyncrasies and you're able to really harness its power. And that, I know, that for me has been uh, life-changing. Um, it's probably also influenced how I think about building things and designing things because, I am applying that level of discernment um, and focus to what it is I'm, I'm creating. And I think um, I'd love to, I'd love if someone said, you know, your product feels very mindful. That would be a, that'd be a high compliment. Um, in fact, before I, before I actually started universe, I wrote a blog post, which I can send you called mindful product design. Uh, there you go. Where I outlined uh, some of the principles that I thought um, I can I can read you some of them. Um, Almost like a like a primer or something. Yeah, I I it was just one second. Let me pull it up. Um, and thinking about universe and the ideas that were leading to it, um, I sort of got this down on paper because uh, because I felt like most of the products at the time were not that. Hold on one second. Let me pull this up. Um, so here it is. Mindful product evolution. Um, and yeah, and, and uh, actually, hold on a sec. Con- um, uh, okay, so it's called Principles for Better Software. And uh, I talked about how, um, you know, this was five years ago, but uh, the push notifications and the overwhelmingness. I mean, if you go to facebook.com on a computer, that, that page is just, it's the opposite of mindful. And, yep. you know, one of the things I'm most proud of is when you are in the universe grid, uh, there's really no user interface on the screen at all. It's you and the thing you're making. And that's very intentional. And I think that you can design tools and experiences and products that help us get into that state. You could help, you could also design products that actively remove us from that state. So there is, I think, you know, a moral imperative 
um, as a designer to make things that get us into a good headspace and not one that's, um, that's distracting and that's extracting from us. Exactly. And thank you for doing that. I feel like another way of saying, (laughs) I feel like another way of saying this is to speak to the cliche of, of mindfulness and how it's kind of being bastardized uh, everywhere these days is, is let's just bring up self-awareness and sort of push it up against mindfulness and see if there's a balance there. I think, I think that is the key, you know, at, at least to try and instill a dash of ethics into what people are actually designing. Totally. So thank you. Yeah. I mean, we're just, we're, yeah, one thing I'd say is we're really, we're at the beginning here. This is, uh, 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 this is, this is going to unfold. And I, there's a lot of negative stuff in the news these days. And I think the attitudes about technology are pretty dark. And, um, I am quite optimistic. I think that, um, we're in a moment that, um, there's, there's a lot of rough stuff, but there's so much possibility and potential. Uh, there's more potential than there's ever been. Uh, you know, I can make an app with two people or with nine people and distribute this thing that has all this power and all of these ideas built into it to anybody on the planet and they can access it just by downloading it. And it's not like they're just watching a movie or something. They're actually interacting with a tool and they can make, they can tell their own story with it. And that's really powerful. And I think that we're, we're, we're in the early innings of that story. Yeah. And I think, if anyone is doing that should feel um, the immense responsibility over how, you know, what they're creating may be affecting other people. Exactly. You know, and I think, man, I wish I can keep talking, but I'm going to, I'm going to leave it at that because it, it's good for, a, you know, a, a follow-up conversation. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, cause I have to go pick up my daughter from preschool, <laughs> but I really, <laughs> I really appreciate the time. And I will, um, I'd recommend if you're interested in checking out a tea house, maybe even for like a, a meeting place. Um, and you happen to be on the upper West side. Yeah. I personally haven't been there yet, but, um, based on how I perceive them, like, especially through, <laughs> through the prism of Instagram. Uh, I'd love to go there. Uh, it's called floating mountain. It's on 72nd street. Um, that's if you're, if you're on the upper West side, if you're in Williamsburg, yeah, you should absolutely go check out Puer Brooklyn. Huh. Wait, this is a wonderful, first of all, I live in Williamsburg. So, and I've been looking for go. a good tea house. So Puer Brooklyn. Puer Brooklyn. It's fucking phenomenal really? i yeah i i'm not going to say anything you you just need to go experience it and there's you'll find that there's uh several ways to interface with the shop itself is it new i think you'll love it uh i think it's been around for 4 years i'll check it out yeah i only finally stumbled in last summer when um we were hanging out in new york for about 2 weeks Well, yeah, Adam, uh, really great to chat. I'd love to do a follow-up. I may be in, um, in LA soon, so I'll, I'll hit you up. Cool. 
Come by for tea. All right. This has been great. Thank you. Bye.